Hello, everybody, and welcome to week six of streaming only um, from the church service. Well, we're having a church service with nobody in the chairs, and this is the sixth week. Can you believe that, how fast time has been going by and how long we've already been doing this? But I'm so glad that we've been getting such great feedback from all over, well, from many, many different places. Thousands of people have been watching the services, uh, and, and it's just a blessing to know that we can come to you this way Whereas if this had happened 30 years ago, it would have been nothing like this. We would not have been able to come to you. But here we are. And so I welcome you to week six, the sixth Sunday of Turning Point Church Services online. And I want you to know how much we miss you. I miss you. Cindy misses you. The staff is missing you. It's, it's very different to be up here preaching with nothing but empty chairs looking at me. But you know what? In my mind's eye, I see you. I'm thinking about you. Every day we pray for you, that God will comfort you, lift you up, encourage you, provide for you, be with you, that his presence would be in your house. If you're in a house alone and nobody's there going through this with you, I I, I pray that Jesus is there. As a matter of fact, that's what I'm going to be talking about today. Uh, The message is entitled, no social distancing with Jesus. And I'm going to be ministering out of the word of God. Matter of fact, grab your Bible, turn to Romans 8. I'm going to be in Romans 8 a lot today. But before we go to the text, let me tell you about something exciting we're doing. Next weekend, April 25th, we're going to be in our parking lot. Now listen to these times very carefully. From 10 to 12 in the west parking lot, So the parking lot facing I-35, we're going to be handing out from 10 to 12 and 4 to 6 next Saturday, April 25th, communion elements. We have ordered self-contained communion packets, and um, uh, we did this when we knew this was kind of coming down, and we may need them, and we surely do and and did. And we're going to be handing them out, and you will get one for each uh, member of your family, The next day, April 26th, we're going to have an online communion service. And you will hold a communion service in your living room with your family, following us along on on screen. And uh, so as a, a right now, virtual church, we're going to have a virtual communion service. So again, next Saturday, April 25th, hop in your car, come down to the west parking lot facing the freeway between... 10 and 12, and 4 and 6, and we will get you your communion elements. And the very next morning, we're going to have communion together. Amen? Well, during this very difficult and unusual time in our nation's history, we've been advised and in some places even ordered to stay six feet away from each other, to wear gloves, wear a mask. And this crisis has given way to virtual everything. Virtual everything. We've got the COVID non-handshake, the COVID non-hug, the COVID virtual conversation, the COVID isolation. And I was thinking about how isolated people feel during this time. And it occurred to me that as believers, we have something, unfortunately, that the rest of the world doesn't know. We have a Savior. His name is Jesus. And He is able to come where people can't come. He's able to walk into a room where other people cannot. And so I want to talk to you about how 
near God is to you right where you are, what you're experiencing, the way you're feeling, what you're going through. If you're feeling isolated, I've got good news for you. Jesus doesn't have to keep his distance. No, you can go to Jesus without the gloves, without a mask, and and fellowship with the Lord in the power and in the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, I don't know about you, but this this time that we've all been going through has driven me closer to the Lord. I've spent way more time in the Word. I've spent time in prayer. I've spent time in reflection and meditation on the Lord. And if you're like me, and I think most of you probably are, this has been a time where it's really driven you to your knees. And you have said, Lord Jesus, I need you more than I've needed you in a very long time. And so I want to bring a word of comfort to you that Jesus is near. I want to want a simple message on the nearness of God. And I want to just kind of go by way of Romans 8. And I want to begin by showing you and, and reminding myself of all that God did for us in Jesus Christ to get us from being isolated from God to back in relationship with God. You know, it's one thing to be isolated from people, but it's an entire, entirely different thing to be isolated from God. I'd rather be isolated from people than isolated from the life and the presence and the goodness and the nearness of God. So I'm going to read one of my favorite portions of scripture out of Romans 8. If you have your Bibles with you, turn to verse 29, and I'm going to read what God did. Paul is going to list for us what God did for you and me to get us close to Jesus, to get us back in relationship with God so that he's no longer cut off from us, but we have relationship with him, nearness with him. We're able to go into his presence. So let me read Romans 8, starting at verse 29. Now, this is talking about you and me. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Now, listen to what the Lord did for us. God foreknew, and he predestined you and me to be conformed to the image of Jesus, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Verse 30, it gets better. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. So there in your living room with me, you ought to say, let's all say together, he called me, he justified me, he's glorified me. That is, I'm going to be in glory one day. That's what that means. Now, Paul reasons, what then shall we say in response to these things? What God has done for us is so incredible, so unbelievable, so unfathomable that we don't know what to say. We, our words fail. What shall we say to these things? This is so amazing what he's done. Paul said, if God is for us, now Paul has concluded since he did all these things for us, he's for us. He did, he called us. He justified us. He glorified us. And that means he's for us. If God is for us, who or what can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, with Jesus, graciously, freely 
give us all things. If he didn't withhold his only begotten son, what is he going to withhold from us? Nothing good. The Bible says the Lord withholds no good thing from those who love him and know him. So again, let me just reiterate quickly what God's done. It all began with God had a plan. See, there's a plan over your life and mine. God had a plan. He had a plan that he hatched before. He said, let there be light. Before he laid the foundations of the world, God had a plan. And what was the plan? Here was the plan that you and I would be conformed to the image of his son, that we would think like Jesus, look like Jesus, walk like Jesus, talk like Jesus, love like Jesus, be patient like Jesus, have the wisdom that Jesus has, that we would be conformed, shaped, molded into the image of God's dear son. And if you want to know God's will for your life, that is the numero uno, top shelf will of God for your life and mine, that we would be molded and shaped into the image of his son. You you could almost say God liked Jesus so much, he wants a bunch of him. And so that's where Christians come in. So the moment you and I get saved, there's a plan over our life that everything we go through, including a trial like this one we're in now, all of it will be made to fit and be weaved into the ultimate plan of God for our life, that we would be shaped and molded into the image of God's dear son and grow up into the fullness of the stature of Christ that Paul talks about in Ephesians. So first, say with me, God had a plan. Second, God's plan for us to be like his son began in in real time when he called us to Jesus as our Lord and Savior. See, God called. See, we didn't wake up one day and say, have a brilliant idea because of our humongous intellect. Well, today I think I'm going to go find God's only begotten son. No, 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 no. If God by the Holy Ghost had not called you and me, none of us would be saved. He called. He called us. He rang our number. He spoke to our heart. He spoke to our minds. He he, he tugged our spirits and souls towards Jesus. He called us. He called us out of his dark, out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so God called us. He had a plan. And then in real time, he worked it out where one day we heard the gospel. And when we heard the gospel, we heard the call and we responded to the call. And when we responded to the call, God says next, he justified us. So he had a plan. Then in real time, he called us. And then when we responded to the call and came to Christ by faith, he justified us. We were pardoned totally and fully through the blood of Jesus shed on the cross for you and me, justified us. I like to say justified means just as if I never did it. See, when you got justified and I got justified, God looks at us as if we never did it, just as if we never sinned. The blood of Jesus washed all our sins away. So say with me, he had a plan. Then he called me. Then he justified me. And then finally he says, having justified us, he will one day glorify us. And that'll happen when we step into the glory that shall be revealed 
that is mentioned later in Romans, the glory that shall be revealed. And what is the glory that shall be revealed? It is heaven. It is that glorious place called heaven. He, he, he had a plan. He called me. He, he justified me. And then when I was justified, I was absolutely, I had my ticket to be glorified. Glorified. When we receive that glorified body, God's going to give to us. One day the trumpet is going to blow and the dead in Christ are going to rise first out of the grave. Those that have died believing in Jesus and those of us who remain are going to be caught up together with them in the clouds. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And at that very moment, in that microsecond of time, God is going to give us a glorified body and we will be glorified in heaven. We will experience bliss, no sickness, no disease, no pain, no depression, no emotional suffering, physical suffering, spiritual suffering. It'll all be gone. He called me. He justified me. He glorified me. Now, why did he do all of that? He did that so that Jesus could take your hand and God's hand and bring them together because he is our mediator and our great high priest. So Jesus called us, justified us, glorified us, and brought us into relationship with God. So there's no more distance between us and the Father. Because before Jesus called us and justified us and washed us in his precious blood, before that, we were distant from God as distant could be. We were further away from God than we are from Mars today. We were distant from God. As a matter of fact, the Bible goes so far as to say we were the enemies of God. But now, having shed his blood, Jesus reconciled us to God and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And so now we are in relationship. And I want to say, since God went to such incredible lengths to send his only begotten son, his only son, to die on that tree for us, what will he not do for you and me? What will he not do? If he went that far, what will he not do? What need will he not meet? What prayer will he not answer? If he went that far, it tells us, as Paul says, he's for us. He's for me. You ought to say in your living room, wherever you are right now, just, just say it out loud. God is for me. He's not against you if you're in Christ. If you know his son, he's for you. If God be for us, who or what on earth can ever be against us? Nothing. It's a rhetorical question. Nothing. God is for you. He's for you in your struggles right now. He's for you in your loneliness right now. He's for you when you're feeling afraid. He's for you when you don't know what your future holds. He's for you. He's on your side because of Jesus Christ and him in your life. God is for you and not against you. He's for you. In light of these things, Paul goes on. He's on a roll now. And he contends, who will bring any charge? This is verse 33, chapter 8 of Romans. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also right now interceding for you and me. He's praying for you and me. 
No one and no devil can successfully charge, accuse, or condemn the blood-bought child of God because the blood of Jesus is greater than all the enemy's accusations against you. Wow. This is saying that the sin issue that was between us and the Father has been completely removed. All the accusations that were against us, the litany, the list of all of our transgressions has been removed. So now we have access to God. No more distancing. And best of all, here's the deal. Nothing. Now, this is where I'm going with this message today. Nothing. I want you to say nothing with me, right? Say it out loud. Nothing. He says, nothing can separate us from his love. Nothing in the Greek means nothing. Nothing can separate us from his love. Yeah, a plague can come upon society and distance all of us from each other, but nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, Paul now rolls out a list of possible trials and tests that all fail. They fail to separate us from the love of God. Verse 35 of Romans 8, who shall separate us, bring distance between us and God? Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword or let me add or coronavirus? No, in all these things, we are, listen now, more than conquerors, not just conquerors, but more than conquerors through him who loved us. You see, he's telling us that because The love of God dwells in our hearts and our relationship with Jesus has been restored by what he did, calling us, justifying us, glorifying us, what happened on the cross for us. Because of that, there is, there is nothing that can, that can get between us and God's love. Nothing, nothing can come between us. Nothing can put a wedge between us and God. No trouble, no attack, no lack. No hard times, no dangers, no threats, no physical assaults, no COVID-19. Nothing can come between us and God. He's there with you right now. Nothing can stop that. He loves you right now. Nothing can hinder that. He is He is pulling for you and nothing can restrain that. None of these things can get in between the Christian and God's love. Isn't it good to know? There's no social distancing with Jesus because his blood has paved the way for us to be in fellowship. So in the midst of this coronavirus plague, nothing can bring social distancing between the Lord and the person whose heart is right with him. And I pray your heart is right with him. You know, reading what Romans just described to us, how God had a plan. And because of that plan, in real time, he called us. I can remember when I was called in sitting in juvenile home in all kinds of trouble as a 16-year-old boy. I heard the gospel one night when a preacher came to minister to us, a room full of us, juvenile delinquents, you know, young people in all kinds of trouble. And I heard the gospel. And you know what? When I heard the gospel, I heard a call. I heard the call. 
I heard a voice within the voice. I heard something beyond the preacher. And it was the voice of God. And he was calling me saying, Jeff, you've just heard the truth. If you will come to me, I'll give you a brand new start, a brand new beginning. I will forgive you of all your sins and come into your life and be your Savior and Lord. Let's take care of your soul first, Jeff. That's the main thing. That's the most important thing. And that night I did. I, I heard the call. And, it was, and I knew it. It was unmistakable. It was a nudge on my heart, a, a tug on my soul. And maybe you don't know Jesus and you're sitting there right now, maybe with some family or friends, and you're watching because they're watching. Well, let me tell you, there's a call. Do you hear it? He's calling you. The Lord is calling you. It's, it's that inward tug. And it says, you're hearing the truth. You're hearing the gospel. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, Jesus said, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus doesn't want to lay a bunch of restrictions and rules on you. He said, my burden is light. Isn't it funny how before you come to him, you're loaded down with guilt and bondage and shame and problems. But when you come to him, the load of guilt and the load of shame is lifted and taken away. So if you don't know him, what a great time to do it right now during this message. And I'm going to show you how when I close, I'm going to have a prayer with you. So keep that in mind. Think seriously. Do I hear the call? Is his call coming to me? He called us. Answering it, he justified us. And then being justified, he glorified us. That's why I want to share some verses with you about the nearness of God, dear friend. David writes, listen to what David said in Psalm 73, 28, about the nearness of God. And I'm talking to the family of God right now, of Turning Point and anybody else that's watching who knows Jesus. He said, how good for me it is that God is near. How good for me it is that God is is near. I have made the Lord God my refuge. Then Psalms 34, 18, the Lord is near. Say it, say it where you are. The Lord is near. He's not far. If you're his child, he's near. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. He's near. And then Psalms 119 verse 151 says, you are near, O Lord, nearer to me than my enemy. I read that today before I came up here and it just jumped out at me and I saw something I didn't even see when I was getting this message ready. That, that the psalmist is saying, God is nearer to me than my worst enemy. You know, you may feel like this coronavirus situation is just right up in your grill, as they say in the East, right up in your grill, that, that you're surrounded by trouble. But here the psalmist says, no, let me tell you what's closer to you than your trouble. God is closer to you than your trouble. He's more near than your trouble. God is closer. And all your commandments are truth. Isaiah 58, he writes, the one who vindicates me, who fights for me, is near. He's near. You you know, as I was reading these verses, I remembered when God's people were carried away into Babylon. You know, they were carried away because of their sin. Did you know that Jeremiah preached to Judah, 
for 40 plus years, warning them, telling them judgment was coming, telling them you need to get right with God, you better repent. But they didn't listen. For over four decades, he gave his whole life to preaching to Judah and warning them. But one day they were taken away. You know, it's an amazing thing to think that when Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian king, swept down on Judah after 40 plus years of warning and took them captive, 90% of the Jewish people were killed. Only 10% lived to be taken to to Babylon. And sitting in Babylon, that 10%, they were languishing. They knew that they were there because of their sin. They weren't there because God was a meanie. They were there because of their sin and they knew it. Their idolatry is what got them there. Worshiping false gods is what got them there. And they began to believe that God had forsaken them. They began to believe that God had deserted them. And God was aware of their thoughts. And so God raised up Isaiah and Isaiah spoke to them. And God spoke right through them. And here's what God said, quote, they say, that is Judah, they say, my Lord deserted us. He has forgotten us. But God then replies through Isaiah and he says something astonishing. He says, never, I will never forsake you. I will never desert you. I will never leave you alone. I will never walk away from you. And then he, he draws an illustration. He says, can a mother forget her little child and not have love for her own son? Yet, even if that should be, because sometimes in our culture that certainly happens, a mother does forget their child. But God says, even if that happens, he said, I will never forget you. I'm reading the Bible now, verse 16. Get this, he says, see, I have tattooed your name upon the palm of my hand. Now, another version says, I have engraved your name, graven your name. I've engraved it on the palm of my hand. But this particular, the Living Bible puts it tattooed. And I think we can understand that better in our day than the engraving. I, I have branded you. I have tattooed you on the palm of my hand. And he said, every time I look at it, I see you. In other words, he's saying, I put you in a place that I can never not see you. I see you every day. I see you all day. All the time, my mind is on you. I have not forgotten you. I have not deserted you. I have not forsaken you. I am going to regather you, and I am going to take you back into your homeland. I have not walked away. I love you still. God's people were so important to him that he said, let me tell you how important you are. I put you on my hand where I can never not see you. So no matter your circumstances, I could never forget you. Now, likewise, I believe some of God's born-again children today, because of this incredible trial and the trouble you've gone through during this trial, just maybe you've been thinking, God has forgotten me in these tough times. I don't sense him. I'm struggling. I lost that job. Where was he? Where is he now? And you're tempted, and the devil is probably fanning it like he loves to do. Fan that doubt. You're doubting, is God with me? Is he really here? Is he aware of me? Is is his eye on me? Because it doesn't seem like it because of all these negative things that are happening to me. Well, Judah was surrounded by negative things, but God said, no, you're tattooed 
on my hand. I'll never forget you. And I want to tell you today, dear church, those of you that are struggling hard, God will never forget you. God has not walked away from you. He is near. He is near. He is near. The psalmist said he is near. He's closer to you than your enemies, closer to you than coronavirus. He's closer to you than anything. So let's just, in closing, jump back to Romans because Paul is going to ask, can anything separate us from Christ's love, including COVID-19 or isolation or anything? Can anything separate us? The answer is a rhetorical no. And then he next lists, as only Paul could do, Every conceivable thing that could come against us to try to separate us from God's love. He says, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us. Hear that? Will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can. Dead or alive, angels or devils, things today or things tomorrow, things high up, things down low, nothing in the realm of all conceivable possibilities can, can come and separate us from the love of God which is wrapped up in Jesus Christ, our Lord. In closing, I thought of David's own version of this. Uh, he, he did a list one day, of course, moved on by the Holy Spirit. And he said, let me tell you how close God is, how near he is, and how it is impossible to separate his children from him. He said, Lord, you've tested me, so you know all about me. You know, when I sit down, this is Psalms 139, verse 1. He said, you know, when I sit down and you know, when I get up, you know, my thoughts from far away, you know, where I go and you know, when I lie down, you know, everything I do. You see God's eye is always on you. He goes on, Lord, you know what I want to say even before the words leave my mouth. Now listen closely to this. You are all around me. Say that with me. He's all around me. Yeah, he's near. Say it again. He's all around me. David continues in front of me. He's behind me. I feel his hand on my shoulder. I'm amazed at what you know. It's too much for me to understand. Your spirit, verse 7 in one, Psalms 139, your spirit is everywhere I go. I cannot escape your presence. If I go up into heaven, you will be there. If I go down to the place of death, you will still be there. If I go east where the sun rises, or I go to live in the west beyond the sea, even there you will take my hand and lead me. Your strong right hand will protect me no matter where I am or what my context is. Thinking of it, child of God, God's above you. He's below you. He's beside you. He's before you. He's around you. He's in you. And he's for you. So until this very strange chapter in the life of our nation is over, isn't it a good time to draw near to Jesus? 
Listen, draw near to Jesus. You're not going to have to wear latex gloves. You're not going to have to put on a face mask. You're not going to have to wash your hands with sanitizer afterwards. No, no. You can approach him right now. Jesus is there right now. Right here on this Sunday morning or maybe it's the noon service. He's right there with you. His love is going to sustain us through this whole thing until we can one day, I hope soon, meet together again. And isn't that going to be an explosive service when we can finally meet again? But until then, the love of Christ constrains me and it sustains me. It upholds me and it is sufficient. Now, perhaps you don't know Jesus and you know, you don't know Jesus. You might've been religious, but deep down, you know, I've never really come to Christ. I don't really know the Lord. Like I know that I should and can, um, you may know a lot of Bible verses. You may have been in a whole lot of church, but you don't know Jesus. I'm going to pray with you right now. And I don't want you to worry about anybody that might be in the room there with you. Because the most important thing you can take care of is your soul. There's nothing more crucial than that. Don't you want Jesus near you? Don't you want to be in relationship with him? You can do it right now. He's as close as a prayer. He is as close as a prayer. So I'm going to ask you to bow with me. Go ahead, bow your head and pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Go ahead, you can do it. Say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. I know I've broken God's laws. And I know I need forgiveness. Forgive me. Jesus, I believe you are the son of God, that you died for me on the cross and rose from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you into my heart as Savior and Lord. In your mighty name, I pray. Amen. If you pray that with me in just a moment, um, Pastor Brendan is going to be sharing with you what you need to do to let us know that you did pray that prayer with me because we want to get in touch with you. So don't turn off the computer when I say amen, but stay with it because that very important announcement is coming up. I'm so glad, Turning Point, that you were with us today. I really enjoy bringing this word. This word encouraged me before I got to bring it to you. And I'm so looking forward to getting with you again. Don't forget, on Wednesday nights, we're having a rich study in the book of Hebrews. And you know, this Wednesday, we're going to be on Hebrews chapter 11, the great and famous, most famous chapter in the whole book, the Hall of Faith. And we're going to talk about faith. And I want to encourage you to be with me this Wednesday night. Just turn on the computer, turn off that TV. There's nothing better than the word of God. Let it pick you up and encourage you. And until then, know that we're praying for a quick resolution to all of this so we can come together again. But until then, know that you're in our prayers. We love you. And I hope to see you real soon. God bless.